Good morning once again, Ponca City Church. How we doing? Yeah! Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm excited to eat a bunch of junk today because it's Super Bowl Sunday, and that's just kind of what you do, right? So uh, no limits, right? Um, hey, if, if you're new this morning, uh, we just want to say welcome. My name is T.D. Davis. I am the pastor. Uh, I get to co-pastor this church alongside my wife, Callie, who is just up here, and we're just so excited you're here. If you're on Facebook Live this morning, we just want to say welcome to you as well. We're excited you're connected, and you are, everybody right now, we're connected to an awesome Sunday because we call this Sunday Team Sunday. We do this two times a year at the beginning of our college football season, and then obviously on Super Bowl Sunday. So I see we got some great attire people are repping. I don't know how many people are repping uh, matching socks, but uh, your pastor is. So uh, yeah, cool. We'll have a contest after church or something. I don't know. Anyway, um, so we're going to be talking about uh, this, this idea of team and this idea of what it means to be a part of kind of a, this larger team that we would call uh, church, right? And uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, we're going to turn to Matthew 16. If you don't, no, no worries. We're going to have the scripture up on the screen. But I just love this team dynamic of what it means to be a part of a team called uh, the church, the church of Jesus, right? And um, the amazing thing about the church of Jesus, this thing that, that uh, we're not just attending this morning, that we get to be a part of, right, is this is a team that in a world filled with fear, we're a team that gets to choose and bring freedom to people. This is, this is a team that goes beyond cheering for your favorite sports team and having fun. This goes, goes deep into the realities and the nooks and crannies of real life. That life is hard. That each and every one of us, we, we desire hope. We desire something bigger. We are made for so much more in our lives. And I love the church was built on this idea that we get to be the light bearers. We get to be light in the darkness when it comes to the darkness that exists in our world and offer new hope and point to the reality and the invitation of Jesus inviting us into a new hope, a new purpose, a new way to look at life. And we're, we're going to look at Matthew 16 to kind of start us off this morning. And then we're going to use the rest of our time to really just celebrate what God did uh, through this family, Ponca City Church, in, in 20, uh, 2018 or 2017 and look forward, or 2018, yeah, and look forward to 2019. I, uh, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm confused. Pray for me. Um, anyway, I'm going back and forth. What year is it? Um, I swear, like, there's days where I'm like, what, how old am I again? You know what I mean? Uh, Anyway, I still feel like I'm 28 or whatever. Um, all right, so Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. This is what it says. This is kind of like the inception of the church, right? This is like Jesus. He's leading what's known as his disciples, his follower, this small group of people. They're kind of like leaning into to Jesus, this guy who's claiming to be God in, the, in, in human flesh. And it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is, Right? Son of Man, this is a very prophetic title. For Jewish people during this time, this was a title that was um, used early on in, in many of the prophetic literature of the Bible, talking about this Messiah who is the Son of Man that was going to create this community centered upon his hope and his vision. And it says, they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, he's like, you got it right, right? 100%, A+. Plus. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed 
in heaven. I love this. Jesus is like, literally based on you just saying that I am Lord, based on you making that confession, there is power when you begin to be a follower of me. When you get to be all in with your life of following the cause of Jesus himself. He's like, hey, this whole thing, this realm of death, Hades, a.k.a. hell, like, you don't have to fear that. When you're on my team, you get to actually overcome it. And he's like, I'm going to give you the keys to unlock that reality, that hope, that dignity, that purpose in your life for other people. The church's message outlives and overpowers death. I don't know about you, but like, you're, each and every one of us, we're like a ticking time bomb headed towards this idea and this reality of death. Some of us numb our lives to not, to not deal with that reality. But when we actually sober up, get down to the nitty-gritty of what life is, we have to kind of just deal with this reality of death. And what Jesus is offering and bringing is a freedom from death. Death no longer needs to be feared in our lives. And we get to be partakers in literally pushing back on the powers and the principalities of evil and darkness in our world and offer people freedom and hope. There's no need to live in fear based on the message of what Jesus is inviting us to be a part of. And what I love about it is the church is not a spectator sport. It's not. You know, I like to think of the church, and I heard this metaphor, and I think it's really helpful in terms of what we say like an aircraft carrier, right? The church is like an aircraft carrier. And what does an aircraft carrier do, right? It equips planes to carry the battle elsewhere. It's this massive, right, ship where planes fly in, check in, but go places where the ship couldn't otherwise go, right? I love that. That's what Jesus is doing. He's like, yeah, like, we got to huddle up together. we got to refuel, but then we got to be launched into these places that we wouldn't otherwise be able to go because each and every one of us are created differently, different passions. God's created each and every one of us uniquely to be people that are sent into places. Each and every one of us has a unique influence to go. We are better together, and we're not called to be spectators. We're called to spread and multiply into every nook and cranny of society. We get to load up like planes and carry the battle to the areas of our city, our community, where the enemy thinks he has a foothold. And as the church and as the people of God, we get to say, no, no, no. Devil, darkness, evil, this is our territory. This is our city. This is our community. And if we as people filled by God's spirit are going to go into those nooks and crannies, we're going to say, this isn't your territory. Devil, you have, you have no power here because there's a higher power. His name is Jesus who's bringing freedom, not fear. But here's the, here's, the, here's the tough thing. Some of us in the room or many of us in, in kind of our appetite for church, we don't, we don't view it as, a, as an aircraft carrier. We, we kind of view church as more of a, a cruise ship, right? Like, hey, we're going to go have a party together. We're going to go get to hear some professional performers also known as the pastor and the church staff. <laughs> Watch me perform. But literally, it's like, well, how good is the worship band in this church? Well, how, what, kind of, what kind of playground does the kids' ministry have? You know, it's like the water slides on a cruise ship. We've, we've gotten this a little bit confused. We've bought into the lie that church is a cruise ship. But we're called to be the aircraft carrier. We're called to be people that don't sit back and let church be this event on the calendar, this building, but we have the opportunity to be the church and make a massive 
impact wherever we go because each and every one of us, whether we're in the church building or we're outside of it, we're carrying the power, the presence, and the reality that unlocks chains and allows freedom for people's lives in whatever they've experienced because each, of our, each and every one of our stories looks different. So this morning, we're going to talk about this aircraft carrier that we get to be a part of, not only the global church, but specifically for us, purposefully situated in our city for such a time as this. I truly believe that. We're called to be on the team, not a spectator. So let's really quickly, let's just talk about us and our vision really quickly, and then we're going we're gonna to kind of categorize some wins um, over this past year for us in 2018. Our vision is simply this as a church. Family matters. Family matters. Our vision is that we don't do life alone. So we, we literally are a solution to this, this idea that we're not, we're not in this thing alone. We need one another. Not just on Sundays. Not just as, uh, viewing it as a cruise ship, but literally understanding that we've we got to support one another. We've got to be a tight-knit family. We gotta understand we're all imperfect. We gotta understand that we're figuring this thing out. We gotta understand that we're on different trajectories sometimes. We're all face obstacles. Some of us fall down. Some of us are on a high right now. Some of us are in a desert season. But regardless, with that variety and the way that God's designed community, we have an opportunity to, to spur one another on and do this thing together. That's why our church exists. Our vision is literally we wanna be a family. We wanna be the we want God being the father to a fatherless generation and people, right? God invites us, uses this metaphor throughout the Bible of that we're part of this greater team, this body of people. Many times that family metaphor is used. That's, that's why we exist. Our vision is, can we be that? Can we be that? For people who maybe have bought into the lie that, that, that they're living alone. They're living by themselves. And then our goal is this. This is, this is what we're aiming for. This, this is our goal. Adopt anyone and everyone into the genuine and active love of Jesus. We, we ain't going to stop until we fulfill that. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep battling. The aircraft carrier is going to keep sending until, until this gets solved. We got work to do. This is what we're going after. Anyone and everyone. Those are two powerful words because God's not exclusive. He doesn't play favorites, right? So if you're a living, breathing human being, you are a candidate to be invited into the realities of God. Another couple powerful words in this is genuine and active. It's got to be real. I love it when I, like, you go somewhere and you're like, I'm a pastor or whatever. And, like, everybody, everybody kind of changes their posture, right? It's like, like, it's like, I just said the F word. You know, it's like everybody's got to clean up, right? But here's the reality is that God is real. There's a real God that sees you as a real person, that knows you, knows the things you said or before you ever said it. And this real God wants to meet you. If I, I, let me be real. Let's be genuine and understand there's a genuine God who literally wants to meet each and every one of us. Let's just, let's just admit that. There's no, re no reason to bring a facade. But I love it because not only do we genuinely get to meet a God in a real relationship, but that, there's activity married with that. It's not a dichotomy like I love God and then there's this other area where I'm sent. Those things are fused together in the church. That we show that how much we love God by how much we're actually dying to ourselves and actively pursuing other people being invited into this thing this family that we call the Church of Jesus. And then next, which is going to be very applicable to some of the stuff we're going to be talking about over the next 20 minutes this morning, is we would call our family reputation. Like, if you hang out with this family, like, who are you? You know what I mean? Like, you know, sometimes you're, you're part of a biological family where you're like, yeah, my family's kind of known as that family. 
in a good way sometimes or sometimes in a negative way. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're from that family. Here, here's, here's the desire for us. Like, if we're part of this family, here's, here's my hope. This is, this is my hope of what happens. Mind, heart, feet, repeat. That we're people that not only just read or, or understand God in our mind, but literally it, it begins to transfer. It transfers from an idea, from a truth, from a message of understanding that God loves you, and then it, it moves down to your heart. It begins to impact the view that you have of the world that you live in, where we realize, once again, we don't have the right to create enemies. There's one enemy, and, 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 and he is an enemy of darkness, and, and that's, that's who we're battling against, not one another. And then eventually it could be the warm and fuzzy can just stay, but it's got to transition to, to our feet. We've got to actually go do something about it. We can't be stagnant. We can't huddle in a temple when people across the street are dying. We've got to address that because we're people of freedom. We're a team of freedom. And then, and then that's got to transition from not only going to your feet, but we've got to repeat that. Jesus said, the last thing he said, he said, here's the game plan. You're going to go make disciples. You're going you're to go make, create people that were disconnected and help them along the way of understanding what it means to follow this thing called being a kingdom person, being a follower of Jesus. So this is, a, this, is, this is our hope. So this is kind of like our measurement of like how did we do, right? So when we think about the previous year as a community as a whole, it's like how do we do with this? There's different ways that we're engaging with all these things, right? Because we want to genuinely understand God's love with our mind. We want to genuinely feel God's love for others with our heart. And we want to actively spread God's love with our feet. Then we want to actively bring others to God's love and repeat. There's repetition. There's multiplication. So let's, we're going to break down all these things and see kind of how we did this past year and celebrate it together. Does that sound good? All right, let's go to that first one. Genuinely understanding God's love with our mind. So this past year, we had uh, 11 people give their lives to Jesus. Come on, somebody. hey So compared to last year, we had, we had 18. So we had a little bit more last year. But here, here's some other numbers that we can kind of celebrate together. Is that we do something called growth track, which is once again an engagement with the mind. Some ideas about, man... Here's some ways that you can grow and understand that God is for you. It's a set of classes that we do three times a year, right? So this year we had uh, a total engagement of 42 people. So that's like the kind of the, the cumulative total, yeah. So that, that's people that are, that are saying, hey, I want to grow. I want to understand, right? And then lastly, and this is the big win for us, there was nine people that were water baptized this year, which is massive because we had zero last year. So that means that people not only responded, yeah, come on. People not only responded and said, I want to be a follower of Jesus, they followed it up by making a public dec declaration of, um, uh, this is my life. Because how many of you guys know there's a transition that happens from just saying, yeah, I want to do this, to actually saying in front of a body of people, this is the commitment I'm making. So, massive win for us and how we've kind of measured that with, with this idea of how we're genuinely understanding God's love with our mind and how that affects our reputation as people of God, right? Next, next thing, genuinely feel God's love for others with our heart. So, this, this, and how we measure this, this is represented in, first and foremost, our heart and soul of the church. Our membership, our active membership, which is a commitment many people make. It's like, well, what do I get by being a heart and soul member of the church in return? You get nothing. Because literally, it's, it's you signing your life away of, of what Jesus, we agreed to in communion this morning. My life's not my own. I'm going to commit to serve. I'm going to commit to be in community. I'm going to commit to give out of my abundance of resources and support the things of Jesus, right? And so we had seven people make that declaration of decisions this past year, which is a huge win. So let's celebrate that together this morning. And, and then also as kind of a, as a, as a, as a sign of the heart and our, our vision for others and existing as a community of people built 
for the purpose of connecting others, we do something that's called Heart for the House, which is basically our yearly kind of fundraiser of like the things of our building and us being able to kind of pull off Sunday mornings as a, as a space, right, for others. So we, uh, we, we've, we've done this fundraiser year after year, but it also kind of represents kind of the overarching finances of, of how are we doing in our finances. And I always like to use this time to give us a little bit of an update with some kind of key numbers that I think, big numbers that are kind of helpful and, and that we can look at. So here's our 2018 financial update. So in 2018, we were in the black, hallelujah, come on. We were, we're not, we're, we're not going into debt, right? But uh, we were in the black only a little bit. So we've really just kind of uh, skimmed along and budgeted kind of pretty precisely $205, right? So, so that's good. But, and then year over year from 2017 to 2018, we had $1,143 come in more than the previous year. So that means our giving increased a little bit, which is great. So that means generosity is increasing, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. And then uh, Heart for the House offering. So this is our building offering. This is our, hey, very centric on people designating and saying, I'm giving this money for the purposes of making sure that the walls don't fall in and uh, we're able to do things that are very building-centric, right? We brought in total $15,182.33 for, for building projects at our church. So, woo, come on. We were about we were about the same as last year. That about hundred about hundred seventy dollars came in more for this year's project. So once again, the, the generosity we're seeing it increase just a little bit. And then I, I love this this last number. Our missions giving so local and global was eight thousand nine hundred seventy seven dollars seventy four cents, which is uh, big for me. Not big in the grand scheme of things. I want to continue to see that number increase, but big in the sense that the previous year we were about about fifty five hundred dollars. So we've continually allowed that number to increase. Where once again. We stabilize for the benefit of reaching and investing, like our four Ponca City Sundays, like people that are missionaries that are connected and, and kind of root back to this church of the ways that we're giving and supporting other people that goes beyond just our typical kind of generosity, So, um, which is amazing. So can we celebrate God just in terms of our finances? Yeah. And just so you guys know, it's not, you know, decisions don't get made in a vacuum when it comes to finances. I know there's a lot of people that are cynical about money, but I'll just say this. I believe the church of Jesus is the greatest nonprofit of all time. Issues are our issues, and we are been, we've been called to solve them. So rather than, you know, a lot of people in my generation are a little cynical about handing their money to, to churches because it's like, what am I handing to? Like, you know, money to, like a laser system or, you know what I mean? Like, we want to... Make sure that this money is literally contributing to making a difference and reorienting the way that we think about finances constantly and by doing things and being present in our community as a massive force that brings freedom in the midst of fear, right? So just so you guys know, we have what's called a church council that meets monthly. This is a group of, of about five people along with myself. We sit down and they're the ones that kind of hold the reins in terms of financial decisions that, that are being made. And those are appointed people that are active members that are literally using their time to help us make financial decisions for the future. And if you have any questions or want to see any more specific numbers, you can email the church. We are in an open book. This is not meant to be closed. We want to be open with our finances, how we're best trying to resource them and utilizing and making decisions. So if you want to see a, take a deeper dive on the finances, please reach out to the church and we can get you whatever you need to be able to kind of see and investigate and see deeper into the finances. And one of the conversations we're having with our church council, this, this, um, this go around is really trying to figure out um, a really strict budget in order to get a little bit more money in savings just because we, we have been just kind of coasting by. And we wanna, really want to be diligent about having some emergency fund in terms, of our, in terms of our finances. But we're doing really well. We, we, we're situated in a building that's fully funded and paid off, which is something Callie and I get to stand on the soldiers of, or shoulders of, of, of other people that have gone before us. So 
We're in a really good place, so uh, praise God. All right, actively spread God's love with our feet. So we talked about the head. We talked about the transition kind of to the heart. How have we kind of gone and went and been, right? And um, so some big wins. So total small group attendance. So our small groups are kind of like literally people being empowered into their callings and leading groups and many pockets of church people doing different church things uh, in our community, right? And the big win is our total small group attendance was 500 this year, which is double last year. So we've doubled our small group attendance with our engagement of people getting into small groups, getting connected deeper into community. And also, we have our four Ponca City events on our calendar, which are literally events where we're saying we want to be known by what we're for, not by what we're against. So in terms of our volunteer engagement and all the events that we did for our city, we had about 223 people volunteer, which is massive, right? Mobilizing people with their feet, doing kingdom things, and then big win. With all the events that we did, we literally engaged with 1,829 people when we were out in the community, which is massive, you guys. So we're thankful for that. And then we also, in the midst of all that, that kind of ministry and serving happening, we had about, we had 10 reported healings and miracles. So there was ministry breaking through in, all, in some of these situations, which is huge. Um, so that's the ways that we're really actively spreading God's love with our feet. So we have a, several pictures of kind of some of the things that, that we've engaged with. This picture here is a representation of our small groups, ways that some of our small groups go into the, the, in the community and serve other people. We had a, you know, a... Uh, a picture up there about the assisted living home, the friendship feast that actually First Christian Church hosts. We sent a, a group was led out there to, to help them. Um, we had a picture of our men's breakfast. A lot of guys just getting and eating, having fun together. So there's just such a diversity of the ways that our group kind of went out. And then just to kind of give a snapshot of really our kind of community events, we got several other pictures here. We can keep on moving. The morning conference of last year. So we have ours coming in March. Last year it was in January. And so we're just celebrating even last year the fact that we launched uh, uh, our first morning conference for women. So we got several pictures that you can look at. You can just keep on rolling there, Ty. Yeah. Um, just, just a massive step in the right direction of ministering to, to so many women and bringing some, some powerful women in our Chamber of Commerce banquet, which we actually just did this one this past week. But last year, just kind of a highlight uh, as it was in early January. Got some pictures there of us serving last year and um, our great day of service. Um, serving our neighborhoods, yep, just getting out into our neighborhood and community, serving people. We did our first ever what we call Kids Fest, and just one afternoon during the summer, just really loved. We had the cotton candy going, our candy bar hunt. Come on, somebody, full size. So, uh, yeah, we, got, we had bins of full size. I think, hey, praise me for it. Farha, the guy at Farha was like, hey, like, you guys are the, the, the full-size candy bar church, right? Because we bought the full-size, right? I was like, yeah, we are. Come on. We're proud of it. Um, our free Thanksgiving Day feast, um, once again, so, many, so much to celebrate and highlight in ways that were hundreds of people. Our, our first ever Christmas candlelight at the Ponkin Theater, which was a blast. Um, and we, so anyway, so, so much to celebrate in terms of the way that we were active with our feet. Once again, faith can't just resolve in only our heads, in only our hearts, we got to be people that actually do the things of God. And, um, and then lastly, our other kind of last reputation measurement is that we're going to be people that actively bring others to God's love and repeat. So here, here's, here's our uh, average monthly number of people engaging with ministry team head slash leader position. So what that means is the average number of people that on Sundays are filling leadership roles. They're showing up and serving people, overseeing a team, 
overseeing kind of the schedule, we had a, an average monthly number of 45 people filling those slots, which is huge in terms of people stepping into leadership positions where they literally have the opportunity to lead other people, right? And then we do a monthly leadership cohort, which includes our small group leaders, those who are leading small groups. And then we just began to include those who are leading Sunday teams. And we get together monthly and we just talk about, hey, how can we lead other people effectively? How can we disciple other people effectively? And that, that our average monthly uh, number in that, in that category was 10. And I know for a fact over the past few that we've had, that number is beginning to skyrocket this next year, which I'm so excited about as more people engage with kind of a leadership culture of, hey, how do we make disciples? How do we become disciple makers? And how do we make disciples that make disciples? Because that's what Jesus empowered his people to do as his church. And then lastly, our average Sunday morning attendance, if you want to go back to the, the previous slide there, our average Sunday morning attendance was at 140. And it's so funny, you guys, because our average Sunday morning attendance for the previous year, I always like to look at the previous year, was 140. So we've literally sustained, right? But it's cool because we, you look around the, the, our, our community and, and there are, there's a lot of new faces. And, and so I, I love it because I think a lot of new people are getting involved. Typically in, in different church seasons, a lot of people are also finding the off-ramp of saying, hey, this is maybe not somewhere that I'm called or I'm going to serve and use my gifts elsewhere, which is, which is healthy. So we've literally sustained, and I'm believing this next year is going to be a year where we continue to see more growth as we continue to get into the nooks and crannies of our society and inviting Jesus into every space. Amen? So that's it. That's kind of our, our update in terms of our reputation over this past year, which there's so much to celebrate, you guys. And now I just kind of want to get really practical into some really key next steps um, to look forward to in this coming year as we celebrate um, some of these wins together. And each and every one of you should have found a Heart for the House envelope on your chair. And inside this envelope, this is something that I want us to take with us and to pray over. We're doing Heart for the House, which is our annual kind of building project offering. And this is going to be happening uh, in, in March, right? So we got a little bit of time to really just pray over this envelope and say, okay, God, what's my next step? And one of those next steps, there's, 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 there's all sorts of different ways that you can kind of engage with this, depending on where you're at, kind of as a follower of Jesus. Or maybe you're, you're new to your faith or you're kind of still a little bit, of skept, little bit skeptical, right? So we've created this, and there's, there's tons of stuff inside there. I want to just kind of go quickly over a couple of those. One being that there, there should be a green card in there. That really highlights uh, our church fast. We are doing a, a seven-day fast. We've done this um, annually for the past couple years. And really what we're doing is we're saying, okay, for a week, um, we are going to fast. And whatever that looks like for you, it's going to look different for everybody. Some people um, maybe abstain from certain foods. Maybe some people abstain from uh, social media or whatever. I know I need to do that. I need to purge that out of my life sometimes. You know what I'm saying? That's healthy, right? So this is a card that kind of helps give you kind of a snapshot of how to fast, if you've never engaged with fasting, there's also, it, it kind of links you to some, a previous message that we've talked about where we kind of built an idea of what is fasting, if you have more kind of questions about this, but we really would love to see everybody participate in this fast. This is just a great way for us to draw closer to God and expect and build a culture of saying, okay, God, 2019 is yours. Let's see what you can do. Amen? And then, and then next, I, th I think that kind of the other big part of this is there's a, there's a yellow card in there with some next steps. On top of the church fast. And, and these are kind of the, the heart for the house commitments. And uh, we just recently went to new ser or two services. And so we're trying to make room for, for, for people to get connected at our church. And, and one of the big things about pulling off a Sunday is 
is our ministry teams or the teams that are built to serve coffee or set up, you know, donuts, serve the kids, uh, usher, right? These are kind of the teams we've built in. So the first checkbox on there for Heart for the House for you, it might not even involve finances. For you, it might involve saying, I have a heart for the house and I'm going to join a ministry team. And this doesn't mean literally, you guys, this doesn't mean like I'm giving up every week of my, my, my Sundays to, to serve on a team. It literally means like serve one Sunday, commit to one Sunday a month and help. If everyone in our church uh, community did that, we would have a plethora of people filling volunteer positions. We're truly trying to run our Sundays very, very lean when it comes to volunteers because I just truly believe this. We're not called to huddle in the house. We're not. Yeah, this, is, this means a lot on Sundays for people to get connected to this body, but the action is on the outside of the walls. So we want to make sure our teams are really taken care of where it's like, yeah, the average person serving is serving once a month. That would be awesome because then we know that all this other energy can be dedicated to what happens to our personal calling and how we're called outside these walls. So that, that's a great first next step. Another checkbox on there says, I have made the commitment to participate in the three-month tithe challenge. So there's a little slip in there, and this is our challenge. There's a biblical model um, talking about finances that w- we are to give 10% of our income. There's a biblical model of how the early church functioned, right? And they functioned by giving kind of, of, their, of their personal income and seeing, uh, providing for the church, but also seeing the generosity of God fall in their life. I always like to say this. A lot of people are like, it sounds like you're wanting to take from people, like when, you, when, you, when people give of their income. But literally, our posture is this is for you. This is for you. Because here's what I know. When you begin to take steps of faith, even with your personal finances, God begins to break in in unique and miraculous ways. So really, we just want to put them to the test. If you're kind of like on the fence of like, I've never tithed or give 10% of my income to the church, we're saying, okay, do it for three months. If you don't feel like God's faithful, we'll give you your money back. This is for you. It's not for us. Like, test him. Test him and see him be faithful. Just test him. Just test him for three months and see what happens. And if, if you don't feel like he was faithful or it was true, that's up to you how you get to dictate that. We'll give you the money back. Because this is not for us. This is for you. Test God in this. See him break in. Choose to be generous and watch how the generosity of God will manifest in so many different ways in your life. Try it. Try it. So that's what we're saying. Just put him to the test. Maybe this is your next step. Like, I'm kind of cynical about finances in church. Try it. Let God blow your mind. We're willing to put him to the test. It's not about us. This is for you. God wants to break into your life in a powerful way. And then uh, there's another, there's another checkbox there uh, for people that are saying, I, I'm there. I'm going I'm to begin to do this. I'm making a commitment to start tithing to the church to help support it. Because here's, here's what I believe. We could do fundraisers once a year, all these things. But honestly, if everyone in, in our church committed to 10%, every need that we have would be taken care of. Everything we want to do would be completely taken care of. Because we'd have such an overabundance of finances and resources to, to get done the projects in the ways that we're feeling like God's calling us to do. But I understand, though. It's a process. It's not just one-stop shop. So some of you are ready to make that step, and maybe that's the commitment you're going to make. And then the last one is there. On there is our heart for the house offering. You're committing to make an above and beyond offering. You're saying, I give 10%, and now I want to give something more because I realize that 10% is not the, is not the ceiling. It's the floor of how we're going to operate as generous people. So more than anything, I don't, I don't, here's what I don't want to see. We have like a $30,000 heart for the house offering, and people are like, yeah, I don't tithe. No, no, no. Like, I want to see, I don't, we don't need the offering. Let's, let's start with literally people saying, making decisions and stepping out in faith and saying, I want to see God break into my life in very practical ways. That's, that's, that's the heart of a shepherd. Not like, give me your, we're going to do all these cool projects. No, no. Like, make a decision in faith and watch God break in and absolutely blow your mind as you give up your time, your talent, and treasure. Let's see that happen 
and let's see that break in. So that's kind of that, you guys. So once again, I would encourage you, pray and seek God about how you're going to engage with this. And then on March 3rd, um, we're going to bring this before God. We're going to put it in the offering bucket. And everybody's, gonna, everybody's next step is going to look different. And I love that. But I just truly believe this. Each and every one of us has a next step. So let's engage with that. And that might look like making a commitment with your time. Some of you, that might be making a financial step of faith forward. But here's what I love. that, that It's going to be a powerful Sunday, as it always is. And we're going to come together and take steps in believing that God's going to carry us through this next year, just like he has in our church for over 65 years. This church was planted over 65 years ago. It continues to function and be faithful to the reason it was planted as a church in the first place, to bring freedom to our community. Amen? Also, if you're a person that can't be there on this Sunday, you can go to our website. All this stuff is available to engage with digitally and online. So it doesn't require you to be here physically. So those who are on Facebook Live right now, same thing. You can follow along with what we're doing even on, in, on our website in terms of our, our, our faith and our generosity. So uh, with that being said, how many of you guys know that we've got, we've got work to do? We've got work to do. And, and I want to put our, 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 our mission, our goal there once again, to adopt anyone and everyone into the genuine and active love of Jesus. This is our, this is our goal. This is what we're trying to accomplish. And, I, and my prayer and my, my thoughts are, all of those wins that we saw this morning for this past year are going to continue to increase as we push forward into this next year. And lastly, the last image that I want us to settle into is, is, is this is the type of church that we are. We're for our city. We're not for division. We're not for fear. We're for Jesus. And Jesus loves our city on a level deeper than we could ever realize. But I don't know about you, I'm, I'm curious to continue to scratch the heart of Jesus and say, keep it going, Lord. Help us. Let's keep trudging forward and keep celebrating so many massive wins together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.